Hello. Hello and welcome to the Double K podcast and I'm joined with the amazing, now I'll let him introduce himself, go for it. Oh, thank you very much. Well, yeah, you should have continued with amazing and then I'll go Kieran Goodings. Um, yeah, uh, I'm Kieran Goodings, everybody. I'm glad to be on the podcast. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be fun. Well, prep. So first thing we're going to be talking about is obviously a Premier League all-star team. You know, we don't have Premier League at the moment, so we've got to keep the entertainment high, which is what we're here for. So if you'd like to start... Yeah, yeah. So what I've done is I've looked at the Premier League Hall of Fame. Um, they do it in um, music. They do it in, in American football, but they've decided to do a Premier League Hall of Fame. Um, so what I decided is um, I decided for the first inductees in this um in the Hall of Fame. So um, for my first one, uh, I've got a manager. I've got Alex Ferguson. Big, big, big. I mean, he is the most successful manager, I think, of all time. Yeah, well, just to give him a couple of stats, he was tw- he was Manchester United manager for 27 years. He won 13 Premier League titles, five FA Cups and two Champions Leagues. I mean, yeah, it's painful because I'm a Liverpool fan to to, to say a Man United manager is, uh, is difficult. But yeah, I do think he is a fantastic manager because he kind of lasted with so many years, didn't for so many years in the Premier League and and he was he was a great manager he really was so yeah I think that's an easy I think that's an easy pick I mean who else would be in contention for that I don't think there's anyone else on, on the same level because you know people can argue you've got your Arsene Wenger's and you've got your Pep Guardiola's and people like that but the thing is you can't Sir Alex is known as the GOAT for a reason I mean I've got a little stat of my own here in the all time Premier League table of all time Manchester United stand on a total of 2,168 points. Arsenal second with 1,955. That's a big, it's a big gap. 200 difference, and that is down to Sir Alex Ferguson. So I don't think anyone's arguing with that. I think as well, because the football has changed over the years, and I think we saw it with Arsenal, um, you know, with Alex, with um, Arsene Wenger, you know, kind of his style of play not really um work not really working when he was coming to the end. You know, he, he adapted, didn't he, with the players he had. I mean, at the start, you know, he had players like Steve Bruce and you know, then the class of ninety two came in and then, you know, they had Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, you know, he had so many fantastic players and thirteen Premier League titles, you know, you can't really argue with that, can you? Um yeah, so easy. They say Jose Mourinho. A good manager, but again, I think I think he's very, very good, but still not on that stature. I think Ferguson is just that level above still. I'd be very, very surprised if they don't pick him as the first manager. And, you know, if they don't, then he'll be a little bit like, well, who? And then I think a lot of people will argue. Um, yeah, so, yeah, easy Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic. Moving on to goalkeepers then. Um, Peter Smeichel for me. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same. Edwin van der Sar as well, he maybe? Another very good... 
but I still think Schmeichel is just slightly, slightly that. Again, it's just it's this one's a smaller level above. It's just a small level above. Yeah, I mean, again, another Manchester United player. Um, so again, but I do think because of how successful Man United have been, um, this this first couple of years of the Hall of Fame is going to be mainly Man United players, isn't it? Just because you know the stats don't really lie. Um, Peter Smichael's stats: he played for three different Premier League clubs um, during his career. He was a five-time. Uh, he won five Premier Leagues, three FA Cups, two uh, UCL titles, and he captained Manchester United in the UCL final in 1999 uh, to win the treble. Um, so, I mean, he speaks for himself. He was a very commanding goalkeeper, I think. Mm. I completely agree. He kind of captained from the back. He wasn't afraid to, you know, tell the instructions from the defenders to the forwards. You know what I mean? And that's from goalkeeper. You can see the whole pitch that so it's important. Yeah, and I think I think it starts with with the goalkeeper, doesn't it? It's the first man on the on the on the team sheet, and I think he was a fantastic fantastic. Uh, captain of course he went away and, and you know played for Manchester City and Aston Villa but you know he, he's still very fantastically known now and I think with Casper you know Michael now playing at Leicester you know you can you can tell that he, he is a great keeper and he passed that knowledge on so Edwin van der Sar then what do you think about him? Again very 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 good he showed, he showed way too much for United. I remember I had, I think it was FIFA 06, FIFA 05, and I used to rock Edwin van der Sar in there. I used to run out on people <laughs> the pitch with Edwin van der Sar. He was, he was, he was, a, he was, he was a good goal, he was a good goalkeeper, and he was also, again, a good leader. And I think Man United had to have a good keeper after Smichael. So it's a little bit like, oh, you know, you were the replacement for. For for um, Casper Michael, so yeah, I think I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go over Peter Smichael. Um But yeah, I agree. I think Peter Smichael deserves to be in the in the Hall of Fame in the goalkeeping defender. This was hard for me. Why don't you go first? Uh, this tricky one. This, this, there's there's so many. So it's just like. No, I'll let you go first. Okay, all right. I, I went for Rio. Okay. Again, another Manchester United player. Um, but he played at other clubs as well. Um, my stats, he's played for four different Premier League clubs. Um, he, was a six, he won six Premier League titles, four Community Shields and one uh, Champions League. And he's apparently one of the most decorated English footballers. I mean, I know we're not doing it about international, but that's got to be a, an incredible stat. Um, John Terry was a hot. I mean, because defence is like left back, right back, centre backs. It, it you know, there has been some great, great defenders, but I think Rio was was big, weren't he? Yeah, oh, Rio was incredible. I mean, you could argue, you know, for you could I, actually, you know, what I want to throw one in there, Bobby Moore. Yeah, yeah, obviously World Cup winner. Uh, did he play in the Premier League? Let me see. Or was it? The old I first like, division. No, I, I feel like he played. Uh, I'm, I'm just interested because I do think, I mean, yeah, I think he was. West Ham, I knew he did. 
Yeah. Oh, um, I'm not sure because oh, yeah, he, yeah, he played for he. I mean, sadly, he passed away in 1993, which was a year. No, he didn't. He didn't. Which, but he is a fantastic English defender. We can't. You can, we can't say. But maybe John Terry. That was another one. I thought maybe. He was a good leader, wasn't he? But. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only reason why I didn't go for him is because I think there was other players that players in that defence he played alongside didn't he? I mean, you know, people say Ashley Cole is, is one of the best left backs. Um I mean, I think he was one of the best left backs in the world at one point. But yeah, I think I think Rio just played for some great clubs, didn't he? Started at West Ham, um, played for Leeds as well, didn't he? So yeah, Rio was a big, big player in in my new success. Should we move on to midfield? That's this is hard. <laughs> who who are you saying? I think first one I've got to go with skulls because I feel like it would be rude not to. Because, I mean, this guy, you, he's just that sort of player. If you give him any sort of space, you know he's banging. Volleys. Oh, his, his passing was just ridiculous, he's wasn't it? Shooting, dribbling. He had it all, you understand? Everyone loves him. So, I mean, not incredible player. I said somebody different. Who did you say? Ryan Giggs. Oh, Ryan Giggs again. 23 years as a Man United player. He, he only played for Man U, of course. 13 Prem titles, um, four FA Cups, two Champions Leagues, nine Community Shields, and he scored in every single season of the Premier League um, from 1992 to 2014. I mean, that's that's 22 years at the top of your game. Um, part of, obviously, the class of 92, which um, indeed Skulls was, of course, but yeah, I just think Giggs, Giggs just was a leader, wasn't he? Of course, in that midfield, and he was he adapted his game to how like to how old he was, old he was like when he got a little bit older. He was that left mid, but his crossing was again was just ridiculous, wasn't it? And he was a big part of Manu. I completely agree. What a player. But do um do you think that maybe? Because Paul Scholes retired a little bit earlier than um, Ryan Giggs, maybe that harmed him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of understand. That. I think Ryan Giggs was very, very good, but you know, sort of the end, people were starting to think, okay, it's his time now. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. there's always a risk if you've been a standout player for years and you keep playing when you physically feel like you've passed your limit, it can get to the point where it's like, Fans are quite easy. They're quite easy to be on your side when you're winning. But all of a sudden, I think, as you've seen with United as a whole for the last few years, people lose faith quite easily. So I think as a player, you've got to think to yourself, I've had my time now. Maybe it's time to, you know, let it go a little bit. Yeah, and I think as well, I think he... And I don't think a, a lot of people were, wanted to be... One trying to say is... It, Giggs obviously just stayed at United, which I think, you know, everybody says about Beckham and stuff like that, but Beckham went and did stuff 
in other places, Giggs majorly focused as, as a Man United player. Um, I think he should. I think he should have been captain a lot earlier than he was. I completely agree. He was always a leader. I felt. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this is the first time which we've really not we've we've said different people. Um, I would say now listening to to what you said about skulls. Um, I'm still. I'm going to go with skulls. You know. I've persuaded you. Have I persuaded you to go gigs? <laughs> I mean, it's always a sticky one. I mean, I'm going. I'm going to stick with skulls, but I'm still very close around gigs because obviously you're right. I agree completely with what you said about gigs being captain early as well. I think that's a really good point, and I think gigs obviously had a fantastic career and one of the most loyal United players. I think as well. I think just talking about um, this Hall of Fame, if it continues, I think the midfield is going to be one of the easiest um, positions to kind of get players. I mean, they might, we don't know yet, but they might do like two managers or two goalkeepers at, at the same year. But midfielders, I mean, if you're, you could, you could have like 15 midfielders that deserve to be there, you know, just going to say, you know, just going to say some names, but you got Giggs, Scholes, Beckham, uh, Roy Keane, Vieira, Gerard Lampard, you know, all of these players. So if you do one player every year for every position, midfield are just going to be full, aren't they? They're just not going to think about it. It's not going to be difficult for them, is it? I mean, whoever decides to do it, but yeah, um, I think, but so we're going to go skulls. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Forwards was an easy one. Alan Shearer. I, I think there are some. There've been some fantastic strikers in the Premier League, but I mean, the main the main job of a forward is to score goals. Um, just just for the just for the viewers, uh, we're going to give some stats. Um, he played for two different Premier League clubs, Blackburn and Newcastle. Uh, he won the Premier League title with Blackburn. He scored 11 Premier League hat-tricks in his career. Um, do you want to have a guess how many goals he scored? A bit of trivia? Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. There were just so many. There's too many to count. It, it, for us as well, like with our age as well, we didn't really see him and see him play. So it was, it is hard. Oh my God. I want to try and give a reasonable estimate here. Okay. All right. Just give a reasonable estimate then. I don't know. I, six and 25. Wow. Wow. If Alan Shearer, if you're watching, mate, Kamali has full faith in you there. No, 260. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd go higher than that because obviously I don't want to upset Shearer. Like, uh, no, you don't want to offend any of our um, yeah, of our uh, viewers. Yeah, no, that that was um, uh, that was good. That was good. Um, yeah, so two hundred sixty goals, most of any player, and uh, a nice, interesting stat is in two thousand four, Alan Shearer was named by Pele in the FIFA 100 list of the world's greatest living players. I mean, to be called that by yeah. Pele, I mean, it's not. I mean, who else would you would you say? Maybe not this year, but maybe like, you know, in the coming years, who do you think is definitely going to be in, con- in contention for it? I mean, there's some big names out there. I think looking in terms of, I don't even know, I think 
when I'm looking at people like Lewandowski, I think someone like him, he's so not looked upon, if that makes sense. I think, you know, he plays in the Bundesliga, yeah. he scores goals for fun. It's ridiculous. And I think even if he came over to England, he would keep doing what he's doing. So I think it's people in, you know, other leagues. Mbappe, future, you know what I mean? This is going to be a long time. He could be coming to Liverpool. Yeah, well, let's hope not. You know what I mean? <laughs> imagine, imagine Mbappe, Sane. No, Sane, Mane and Salah. I mean, pff, that'd just be absolutely ridiculous. That's what I mean. It's just, um, oh my gosh, there's a lot of there's a lot of future. And I hear um, an upcoming footballer who a lot of our viewers might not have heard of, but he's coming up the ranks, Dalton Allered. Now, this guy is... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's um, he's a quality, he's a quality player. We'll talk about our football guys because we do play for the Loughborough College, um, Loughborough College football team. Before we do that, though, um, a segment that I would like to, I'd like to kind of do on this, his podcast. Um, I've got for one of my birthday presents, I've got match of the day three hundred and sixty-five, which is. Gold is a memory for every day of the year. So it's the 10th of April today. Um, Good Friday, of course. Um, So on this day um, in 1993, your club, Manchester United, um, was crowned champions for the first time um, since 1967. Um, Yes. Obviously, then they went on to win, um, to win, even more Premier League titles, which is ridiculous. But that that was the first one that um, Sir Alex Ferguson uh, won in the second second year of the Premier League. Um, also, um, David Breckham, David Beckham, a Manchester United player, um, broke a bone in his foot in in two thousand two, uh, making him a doubt for the World Cup finals. Um, that that happened today at two thousand. Today on 2002, um, Manchester and again another Manchester United one. They beat Roma 7-1 in their second leg of their Champions League quarter final to go through 8-3 on aggregate. And um, James Vaughan became the Premier League's youngest ever scorer when he found the net for Everton against Crystal Palace. Um, he was 16, so even younger than us. So he must have been some player if he made his. Um, made his debut season uh, that was in 2005 so yes thank you very much for letting me do that Kamali that was a little bit of a segment on, 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 on the podcast yeah yeah so definitely when we I mean I don't know whether we'll do this do this weekly or maybe do it you know well, whenever but yeah that'll definitely be something a bit of an education for you guys uh, a bit of a trip down memory lane for our older viewers so um, yeah let's talk about our football then um, obviously, we, we're not playing football at the moment, uh, but we both play for the Loughborough College um, development team and second team. Um, Will you play for the for the second team? Um, what was obviously we both came from the development team, then you moved up to the second team. Um, just for our viewers, there, what was that? What was that like for you uh, moving up um, to? To the second second team because I bet it was quite nerve wracking. It was so so basically for the people who don't know. So basically, um, we 
we play. We have tuning training sessions every week on Thursday and Friday afternoon. And basically, we've been playing for quite a while. And for most of the viewers, I, I'm rapid. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring. You understand? And I knew that was one of my features, but there was loads of things I was trying to bring up with it. So I was working hard week in, week out. And eventually, one of the coaches came up to me and he goes, Kamali, that's my name, by the way. Um, he said, Kamali, Kamali, I want you to try for the uh, second team. I want you to try training. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. It, it's like, it's exciting, but at the same time, I'm saying, like, oh, gosh, this is pressure. So the next week on the Tuesday, I go down to the second team training. They're very good. They're passing it well. They're moving it well. And I'm trying to fit into that. And so it gets to the point where I have a few training sessions with them. I'm starting to get into it and I'm starting to come into my own. And then the coach says to us, all right, I want you to permanently move up to the second team. And then obviously we have a um, second team match um, where we play against Derby College. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're shocking. But anyway, so we play against uh, Derby College. And so we get down there. We put on the Love for College kit. It's all great. I look great in it and everything. But then we, we play first half. Coach says to me, the dream word, I want you to be behind the camera. And I'm thinking, what? And he says, yeah, I want you to record the match. And so I'm sat here in the first half like, is this what you want me to do? But now, in the 60th minute, and so many people have heard me say this, the 60th minute, he says, yep, come on, coming on. So I, I make the decision, I come on. And then... I'm running down the line, 70th minute, ball gets played into me, bang, goal. That's the instant impact that I make. And that is the second team dream. Yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. I actually went to, to this game to support you. And, you know, you, I think I think a lot of people um, obviously don't know tactics and formations, but I think because of your pace and because of your acceleration, on and off the ball, I think you are a player that um, will come on off the bench, come on um, to the pitch, and make an impact. Um, I think in that game, I think the, their defense was very, very flat-footed, and I think that really, really helped you. And yeah, I think especially from the development team, the step up to the second team, they play very, very differently because of the different managers and. You know, they, they do work really, really well um, in these games. So I um, I really lo- like to look at the second team. Obviously, I'm just focusing on my football at the moment. Um, but I think the, the the change between the second team to the to the development team is 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 not that big. I mean, would you agree, or would you say it's a massive difference? Explain to me in what ways you think it's it's like. Not that big a difference, and I'll tell you. Um, I think it's for me looking at both teams. I think the organisation and I think the commitment from the players were big. Um, I think the way that I mean, I think I've been I've been playing I've been playing football for for a really really long time, and I understood the tactics. I understood the organisation that your, that your manager was doing, um, and I think because you because the players on that pitch, they knew exactly what the coach wanted. And I think that's a very different from the development team. Mm. No, I agree with that. I think it's it's a lot more organised because I think when, what you've got to realise is when we play in the development team matches, Miguel's first words to us are, I'm not bothered about you winning or losing. 
I'm bothered about you enjoying yourself, having fun, you don't get a lot of matches. Then let me take it to second team, for example, when we um, go in the changing room with Josiah, who's the coach of the second team, he says to us something completely different. He says to us, listen, I want you to look at this game as two halves. Now, I don't care if you're winning 4-0 in the first half. If you lose 1-0 in the second half, I'm still counting that as a game lost. Do you understand? I want you to win in the first half and in the second half. So, for example, I think in the first half, it was like 2-0 or 3-0. By the um, second half, it ended up 8-0. That's exactly what he meant. So, it's it's a completely different atmosphere. Because if you're telling the players you're not bothered about them winning or losing, some players kind of lack that motivation. Whereas if you're telling them, we're on it, we're on it, and it's like 6-0, 7-0, he's still shouting, do this, do that, you're motivated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think... Um... Would you say that the second team, because they play matches against other colleges and you know they are part of a of a league, you know that they have that reputation? I mean, Loughborough College had the reputation as being a massive sports college. Do you think you they always put that pressure on you, saying we are Loughborough College and you know you've got to continue that reputation? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think there's always some pressure there, and I think it's always going to be a certain amount of pressure because, like you say, we're representing the college. And it's a big pressure. But that's not to say that if you play in a development team game, there's pressure. Because I, honestly, I think the almost development team is even more pressure in terms of if you're like I was before and how a lot of players are, a lot of players haven't come here just to stay in the development team. And a lot of people realise that the way to get moved up is through matches. So I think that the pressure is on people during development team matches to do a few too many runs or get past people because they need to show whichever coach is there that they can do stuff so they will give them the same call up that some of us have been blessed with so I think almost sometimes there's more pressure because you just more than anything want to get moved up so I think do you, th- do you think the second team players are a lot more um, well, sorry a lot less selfish with, with what the ball because they already have proved themselves or do you think it's like they are going to prove themselves until they get to the first team um, I think once you get to the second team, loads of people are just kind of like... The thing is, the, the gap between the second team and the first team is quite minimal. I think the, literally the only difference is they play in a league one higher than us, plus they have strength and conditioning. That's the only two differences. And you know when the second team and the first team play each other, there's not that much difference in it. So I think once you get to the second team, obviously people want to move up to the first team, but there's not as like... It's not like all the time, I've got to prove myself, I've got to prove myself. In the second team, it's all about being like selfless. Like obviously, we still have moments where we all, you know, want to score goals or whatever. But I think it's a little bit different because on the second team, the the team's normally winning a lot by the time people start getting selfish. When we need to play, we need to play, and we I think we understand that and we all know what we're doing. Whereas I think for the development team, because the games are you know more tight, I think a lot of people start thinking, oh, okay. I haven't done enough here. I've messed up this and this and this. I need to do this. I need to score. I need to do this so Miguel can see that and he can give me the chance. And I think that's the sort of difference. Do you think... Um, so my question is here, you, you play for the development team and the second team. Yeah. A little... Um, obviously, we talk about the two managers. Obviously, there are different managers. Yeah. Do you think um, some managers... Um, do you, do you think they're different? Do you think their atmosphere is different? You know, the even little things like the warming up, you know, how you get there, the changing rooms. So, do you think they have a different um, 
affect and impact in in them or, or do they or can you see them have similar um similar um help I'd say that, I wouldn't even say there's that much difference, but I'd say Miguel's got a set way he likes to play in terms of play it out from the back, move it from the back to the midfielders, to the wingers, to the strikers. And I'd say almost a more traditional way. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it works really well. And obviously, Miguel's not only the manager of the development team, he's the manager of the first team, who's obviously very, very good. So, you know, we can't doubt that. But I think. Josiah's got a little... I think Josiah follows Miguel's rules, but he modernises it slightly. So he plays maybe almost giving us that little bit more free range. But Because the thing is, when when we're training with Josiah, and it's the same with the development team we're training with him in second team, we focus more on, let's say, attacking organisation and um, turning and moving, for example, moving the ball quickly and all that. Whereas, let's say, with Miguel, we're working on defensive organisation. Obviously, we still focus on the attack as well, but making sure that everyone's confident on the ball, comfortable, passing around and stuff like that. So I think there is different styles, but I think it interlinks well. I don't think there's anything... I think they're both equally good managers and they both do equally well. I just think they obviously have different tactics. And that's one thing as well. When you move from the development team to the second team, I think knowing what Josiah wants you to do and knowing what Miguel wants you to do, it takes a little bit of time to make that like click. So And then, because obviously I'm playing in development team and second team, that's like... Okay, I'm at second team training. I want to do what Josiah does. I'm at development team training. I want to do what Miguel does, and it can get a little bit confusing. But once you've got it, you know what you're doing. Do you, that 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 really come that comes in nicely to my uh, to my next question actually. Um, do you think um, do you think you're a different player? You like do you know when you show up for a second for a second team training? Do you say okay, I've got to be Kamali? Um, Sales, actually, obviously, your last name, Kamali Sales, the, the player that um, Josiah wants. And then when you come to development team training, you're like, okay, I, w- I need to be a completely different player to suit what Miguel wants. Um, I think second team training, I, I think I take it even more seriously because I'm like, because I'm obviously still proving myself because every week it's like, we, we've got the chance of getting a game. So I've got to prove to Josiah that I'm obviously able to play. Because, like, for example, the game we had before, he could take 18 players because there was um, it was a home game, he could take 18. And um, all of the development team players got picked except um, Finley Wilson, you know, um, Omar's friend? He was the only one yes. who could get picked. And so, obviously, I've got to prove myself week in and week out. Whereas, for example, with the development team, I take it just as seriously. But at the same time, I'm probably more like chilled and I'm kind of like, you know, everyone's there, we're messing around a little bit. I'm not literally messing around, but you know what I mean? It's more chilled and it's like, oh, I miss that. It's unlucky. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's, it's kind of like... Yeah, because I've... Yeah, go on. Yeah, because I think that comes... Yeah, I think that comes with the manager as well, doesn't it? Because uh, um, they... Um, obviously, Miguel's a little bit more relaxed when we play. Um, but I think as well... I think, especially with the especially with the second team as well, you you are the new, you are considered the new guys, aren't you? And yeah, because you because you um were part of the development team first, you didn't go straight into the second team. There is a um a massive um you know yeah point to prove. Yeah, you're a massive. You got a massive point to prove, but you know, I definitely think you are working very very hard, and I think, I mean, it'll. I can understand probably why you don't take the development team 
training more seriously because that is coming to the end of the week. Yeah, you've you've had a uh, um, you've had a you know, but you've also you've had you know development team sorry second team training uh, Monday and Tuesday. If you have a game, that'll be on a Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, you know, it, it will take a lot out of you. That's football every single day. Um, so, I mean, I can, I understand, you know, what, you know, what you say, but again, really, really happy for you. Obviously I've said that yeah. many, many times off, off camera, but um, it definitely is very, very interesting to see like the difference between, you know, because at the end of the day, obviously we're not sure when we get, when we will go back to college, but I think talking about this really makes, makes our listeners who are interested in football and interested in going to Loughborough to study, you know, kind of understand just how much work you have to put into playing these yeah, football 100%. teams. It's not just, the, the football is always a bonus, do you know what I mean? You've still got to keep up your lessons and I think the thing is as well, it's just like, if you come to Loughborough and you obviously backed yourself to be really good at football, so don't be disheartened by the fact you might get, I don't know, put in the development team because everyone thinks, oh, it's a development team, it's not that good. But I guarantee if you come into, a lot of people who I've brought in as friends, they think, oh, it's a development team, it's not going to be that good. They come to a development team training session and they're like, this is intense, you know, this is actually quite good quality, there's some good players here, how has someone not got moved up or da 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 you understand? So don't underestimate it. That's all I'd say. I appreciate yeah. It. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, being there for being there and obviously this year is a bit different because it's been cut short due to the circumstances but a year's a long time and obviously you know you're a perfect example of that that people um people will move up and 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 stuff like that but i think as well what people need to understand is you know you've got the definitely the right attitude is when you have worked, you know, when you've worked to get into that second team or even got up to the first team, make sure you stay in there because you can easily get dropped that's back down again. There's, there's no reason why you can't get moved up and moved straight back down. And that's why you've got to keep working. It's not. And I think one thing that I'd say is different as well between the second team and the development team is commitment. The commitment of the development team is way more. Like, don't get me wrong, there's loads of second team players who were committed. But what I mean is there's a lot of second team players who are kind of like, Oh, I've got assessments due. Nah, oh well. You know what I mean? Whereas I think on the development team, we'll get 40 people or 30 in a week got everything done and they're all ready to do it and they really want this more than anything. Whereas I think some people take it a little bit for granted. So that's one thing I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a very, very nice. That's a very, very nice way to to end this podcast off. Obviously, we, I mean, we talked a lot. We talked a lot about certain stuff today. Um, yeah, like, like we said, we'll probably do this a bit more frequent because we've yeah. we've got the time um, and stuff like that. So, uh, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Uh, well, it's Kamali's it's Kamali's podcast, so I'll let him sign off. K podcast. Don't forget the name. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Um, make sure you check me out as well on my podcast. Um, I do film film stuff over there, so something yeah. a bit different. But yeah, make sure you make sure you check it out. And uh, yeah, make sure you listen to the to the double to the Double K podcast. Well, I'll see you in a bit. Pleasure. See you later.